So tell us about your background. John always wants to know, so how did you get started in baseball? Did you play as a youngster and how far did you go? Sure, sure. Um, I, I'm, I have a, a, I guess you'd say just a little shrine to the San Francisco Giants. I'm a Giants fan, see that, uh, here in my basement. And one of the things I have on the wall is a, is a program, a game program uh, from the, one of the first games I ever attended in person, a pro game. Uh, for, so it would have been a candlestick park. I, I don't, I, again, I, well, so 1969, I think is when I went to the first, first game and uh, I had to, I had to source it online, but thank heaven, you know, eBay ha has a way of being able to help you reclaim your, your life. So I'm, uh, I, I, uh, I really love the, the experience of seeing something so immense as a major league ballpark. My family and I, so we, we grew up, we listened to it on the radio. We lived, oh, I, I think it's about three hour drive from San Francisco. And every year my, my dad would have my brothers, my two older brothers and myself invite a friend. We'd make a, a day of it. So we'd drive down early in the morning. We'd catch a day game on a Saturday and, and catch a, a smorgas, what do they call it, a, a buffet. Mm -hmm. I guess on the way home, sometimes we'd go to Chinatown, other sites like that, but we earned it. We earned that trip. Mm -hmm. So we, where I grew up was quite rural. We were talking, you and I beforehand about rural. Uh, my hometown is Chico, California. So it's mm -hmm. Northern part. Uh, it's, it's a college town. It's not too tiny, but where we lived, it was out in the almond orchards, almond, and I call it almond, almond orchards. <laughs> We had a bunch. We had a bunch of uh, trees in our property, and we were, were our job all year was to take care of the trees. And then when it was harvest time, we would we would bag up the the almonds. We'd go to the the local uh, diamond match uh, warehouse, and you'd bring these gunny sacks of, of these nuts, and they would weigh them, and they'd write you a check. So that's how we paid for these trips. So I I had some skin in the game. You know, it was a lot of hard work, but so the payoff was amazing. I got to see, so I'm old enough to remember uh, uh, the, the, the Giants greats, you know, the Juan Marichals, the William Mays, William McCovey. I got to see those guys play live. And I didn't know what I had then, of course, as a kid, but my, I do remember my dad distinctly saying, that's Willie Mays. He's going to, he's going to be the greatest player that's ever lived. And I went, okay, well, that's really interesting. I, I played ball as a kid. My brothers, uh, when I was old enough, they let me play, <laughs> play ball in the backyard and other places. And that was quite an accomplishment to, accomplishment to earn. But uh, yeah, our family has grew up with, a, with a, a, a desire to do sports at all times. In fact, our family was the one, you know, there's always one family in a neighborhood that pulls the kids together. Mm -hmm. We're going to play ball. Who, and they would always say, all right, who do you have? Who do you got? We'd say, we've got these, these kids. And then they'll go, okay, we'll play. So, <laughs> so uh, that's, that's woven in my DNA. Baseball is, is top of my list as far as sports go. I like all sports. I'm horrible at basketball. I, I, my brothers and I really enjoyed playing whatever sport we could together. So it's, it's deeply a part of who I am. Cool. So I have two questions. One, how do you harvest almonds? Because I actually don't know. Oh, but you, this is like a leading question because my favorite, our favorite line from Northern California is that, that the nuts are hard to get out of the trees. So when it's harvest time, you've got to 
you know, everybody calls it almonds. Yeah. I, I, we never called it almonds. So when it's harvest time, you had to knock the L out of it. Let's <laughs> shout out to some of my local. <laughs> yeah, there. It's so funny. My mom and I were just reminiscing about that. We're talking 50 years ago, mm-hmm. and we had we had basically it was like an axe handle, and at the end of it was wrapped around it, sort of like a strip of a of a car tire. So you can imagine you have this big rubber heavy thing at the end of this axe handle, and you just whapping those those tree limbs, right. shake and have to fall down, and that was it. Nothing high tech. Yes. So you guys had some pretty amazing uh, baseball swings that you developed through the years because you were whacking the trees. That is insightful. I've never thought about that. (laughs) All that forced labor, labor, right? And then too, I asked, so Anika Orak is obviously a big Giants fan. I don't know if you knew that or not. And she's a... Well, I pinged her because, well, this last group Zoom call we had, behind her was the vintage A's pennant. Uh, and a vintage Giants pennant up mm-hmm. on the wall. So I, I sought her out. I painted her and I said, just so you know, I own those pennants. First run, when I was a kid, we got them from the actual vendor in the stadium. Those right. two. I had those two. So so she was delighted to hear that there was somebody somebody that kind of related that way. But yeah, that's a, I, I heard about that just roughly, you know, but. Yeah, no, I, I didn't know how much a fan she was and, and she developed a, a uh, uh, friendship with John Miller, which was really cool. Oh, okay. about. Yeah. yeah, he's another California guy too. Yeah, so I think that was through her grandfather's connections that got her that, that way there. And then oh, okay. she talked about how she used to scribble at the games and I didn't realize she had done that. So there's a uh, Herm who goes to the Mets games and he does the same thing. But knowing that she's a longtime Giants fan and me being a Seattle Mariners fan and knowing the kingdom was the worst place to play, how bad was Candlestick? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's fun. You know what? I, I, I've only seen the newer stadium, that cathedral in Seattle. That's truly a, a spectacle. It's right off the freeway. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's beautiful. So I don't know how much, what, what the experience is like for you. I, I don't know if you grew up with your, 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 your experience with a stadium uh, for me as a young person, this was my, this was my temple. This was my, the the grand this was the, the land of oz you kidding me and people hated the wind and they didn't like the location and they the the, the stadium kind of built over time the the outfield i remember the first games that i went to the outfield fence looked beyond it and you saw the bay yeah. it was it was more off to the right field side uh, right field line but there was nothing there and then, and in fact, I remember I, I took a camera one year and took black and white photos, but I, I got shots around the park and I've got to dig those out. They're somewhere. I've got them somewhere. But I mean, the town, the, that stadium was built in stages. I love the place. Now, uh, it wasn't, it's not Wrigley. I've been to Wrigley and that's, you know, that's, that's uh, history. That's, uh, that's, a, you know, hopefully they will preserve it better. Well, you know, they've done major renovations, but you want that ivy, you want the brick wall, all that. Candlestick, uh, you know, it, by, the, by the time it was time to go, it was time to go. Yeah. Uh, and the Oakland ballpark is the same way. It's well past its prime, and uh, it's probably the best thing that could happen. That the, 
the um, the Raiders have moved to Las Vegas, and I'm I'm I can only imagine that the A's will end up doing the same thing, going somewhere because that stadium's it's it 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 was out of its prime in the '80s. So <laughs> I've been to it. I, I so I've been to Oakland Stadium or whatever they call it these days. There, right? Um, Anika described it as like a, a post apocalyptic zombie land it was a place you would go after people had resurrected and they wanted to play baseball again and i was like yeah i could see that <laughs> my memory of it is that it's a lot of cement all around it it just kind of has that in architectural style it seems to have that brutalist that 1950s 1960s just that sterile ugly but you know inside the park i, I still think it's beautiful inside so who, who am I? I, I? I think every every major city is a bit of home. And I taught my kids who are now grown and they're all married. They all I've taught them the love of the game, you know, and, and wanting to participate, taking them to games. I said, I'll be long gone off this earth. Every time you, you're at a major city, there will be a ballpark of some kind and you'll always have a bit of home. Mm -hmm. That's I think that's maybe and I don't know if you feel the same way, but uh, I feel like one of the beauties of baseball is that there's a connective tissue that that spans these generations and i know that that sounds grandiose a little bit it's true mm. my dad who's no longer with us used to watch the giants play i think it was in seal stadium in san francisco before they even put, uh, went to candlestick uh so he remembers the early games when they came out of new york mm -hmm. uh, so i i have those stories from him and and I didn't experience it, but it's part of the legacy, I feel. So I don't know. That's We all have a, a favorite. And doggone it, we've sat through just decades of the Giants almost doing something. And, you know, Seattle's done it. And they've had a ton of years where they almost did something. And they were <laughs> not good, right? And the Giants yeah. were not good. <sighs> I, I still regret Seattle taking... Who did they take in the 2007 draft? Brandon Morrow instead of Tim Lincecum. They could have had a hometown oh. guy and they went with Morrow. And then I watched Lincecum just take off. And then it always killed me. It was like, oh man, here was a guy that was obviously went to a local school and grew up in the area. He would have been a great story. Probably would have signed a long term contract because he's a local guy. And I was like, no, no, That's we're right. going to go with this other guy here. So, well, and it's not just, and you're right. And it's not just that guy. It's the team starts building pieces around him. And that's that's the beauty is you have one, you know, one piece to build on. And Madison Bumgarner is another example for the Giants. All of a sudden you have this contender and you go, wow, finally, we we have a postseason to kind of think about. And yeah, you're right. Yeah. And Tim loves Seattle. He, whenever he's interviewed, he, there seems to be some some reference to that. Yeah, no, uh, he was, uh, well, he was much old, much younger than I was, but yeah, but I, he was always my guy. Like I said, I was like, anytime a, a Seattle guy makes it, I got to root for him, so. This, as an interesting side note, interesting to me. So he, he, he leaves the Giants, the Giants don't sign him. He, he uh, is now picked up, I think it was by the Angels, the Anaheim Angels, L LA, I don't mm. know the color. Yeah, yeah, I still the California okay. Eagles to me too, yeah. <laughs> you know. But the, the nice thing is where I live here in Utah, there are two teams that are affiliates of the Angels. Mm -hmm. One of them is, is my, my little, the little team that could, the Orm Owls, who uh, I, I are really close. And I'll go to 
I have season tickets and I'll go a lot. But they also have the Salt Lake Bees and the Salt Lake Bees is their AAA. Yeah. They recognize so, the hat. Yeah, 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 yeah. So Timmy came through Salt Lake uh, on a, a you know, as part of his rehab. And I, of course, I went up to, to watch him pitch. Uh, he got shelled for two innings. And then after that, he was in command. I was going, cool. whoa, look at that. Look at that. Maybe there's something here. Maybe he's, maybe he's going to be able to pick it right back up because uh, he had, he was sort of the hang dog after two innings of getting hit. But boy, once he kicked it in, I went, Oh, look at that. That's, that's what I saw in San Francisco that boom, boom, boom. Right. So that was a thrill. I took a bunch of pictures then and uh, it was nice to, to be able to actually see him that close. I, I saw Timmy pitch in San Francisco, yep. but my seats were way in the nosebleeds. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's was... funny. I actually know of the Orem Owls because one of the guys that's over here is a big Angels fan, and uh, he he follows the Orem Owls. Big oh, is that right? Like, like, is was. I can't remember what it's angels and owls that he calls himself on Twitter. And he's, yeah, so he's always getting stuff from the Orm Alice. So, he, so I totally know what you're talking about here. <laughs> they've, they've got a former pro named Corey Snyder. He used to be on the Indians and I think he bounced around a little bit, but he's one of their managers or not, not on the field, but he's one of the front office guys. And so it's kind of been fun to get to know him. He was an old, an old BYU star in college and then went pro of course, but now he's in the area and, so he's at, in Orem, and then uh, I do their posters every year. I do a poster for them every year to promote them and uh, have a nice little relationship with them. So that's awesome because I, I did see that on your Instagram, and I was going to ask you about that if that was something you did professionally or something you did for fun or that. And I totally saw Corey Snyder because I've got a buddy who's a big Indians fan, and he loves Corey Snyder. Oh, he was right? just like he was going to be our savior. And then, and then they he's like, so anytime I pull a Corey Snyder card, I pull it out and I save him. Yeah, for him, yeah. So. Well, actually, one a really good card of his. Uh, we had a. We'll talk more about the the different card sets that you pulled. When you said eighty seven tops. That lit my lit my face up because I went, oh, all right, I know eighty seven tops because um, that was the that was the 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 next year after I was married, uh, so a newlywed, and my wife and I lived in an apartment. Uh, and it didn't have our apartment didn't have a washer dryer so I would go to the the laundromat just not far away and on the way I would pick up several packs 50 cents a piece of the 87 tops and so I'm waiting for the, the laundry to get done and I'm going got it got it don't got it Ooh, look, I'll save that <laughs> rated rookie oh save that future stars or whatever uh, yeah, and, yeah. And Corey Snyder's card in, in that set is quite nice it's a nice card yeah absolutely yeah. So maybe so it's interesting. So I was gonna ask you this because I've asked the artist about this. So everyone's collected cards. I think there's only been one person who hasn't collected cards. Looking back at the cards now, with from an artist's perspective, do you see the, the design elements in it now? Because previously, like you said, you flipped through the cards and went Bo Jackson, rubbish, rubbish. Oh, I need this guy for my set now. So you didn't actually look at the design element. And now that you've grown up, um, you can look at the design element and just kind of go, oh, actually, there is some art behind it. That's a that's an interesting question. Let me ask you first if that struck you. And I'll, I have an answer for mine, but I'm intrigued by it because look at the wall behind you obviously it's a passion of yours what let me ask you the same question so i i was 
so I'm a stay at home, or I, I was a stay at home dad. Now I'm doing the, the dugouts classics and doing the jerseys there. And so I, I, I like hats and I like apparel. So I'm an apparel guy. And then I kind of did a deep dive in the logos and I came across Jimmy Parker and beauty of the game. Have we seen him or not? Yeah. And he was talking about the baseball's art show that's out in Shelby, North Carolina every year. Yeah. Yeah. I want to, I want to be part of that someday. See, that was awesome. And, and the first year they did it, or the first year I noticed it. So Pete Sack, who's involved, we went to middle school and half a high school together. And I saw he was showing in that. And like, that's really cool because I knew he was the artist and I knew he did, you know, baseball. And he particularly, he, like, he liked the 40s and 50s and that there. And that kind of opened my eyes to look at cards and go, yeah, actually, there was a lot of design in there. And they would have put some thought behind it where when a 12 year old Jason would have gone, cool, I'm looking for Mark McGuire's and Conseco's and Bo Jackson's and just flipping through and not paying attention to it. Right, right. But, but it, it rubs off on you, doesn't it? I mean, it can't help. The aesthetic rubs off on you. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is why I, I, I think that there's certain card years that are, are just really lovely. You know, they're really quite um, classic. And there was a lot of care gone into those. Um, Tops hit it every once in a while, but man, nothing quite like the late 60s, early 70s when I was collecting as a kid. Yeah. We kind of stopped. We stopped after 72, I think. We'd get on our bikes on a summer day. We'd ride ride our bikes a mile away to to, uh, Neil's Market. Get uh, we'd we'd get our packs of cards five five cents, and they raised the price to ten. You know, and that was like, all right, it's kind of getting out of our range a little bit, but we'd yeah. get our cards. We'd come back and it was it, the, the I forget which year it is, but it's really a nice gray border with a script for the names. I remember my brothers would be pulling Willie Mays and they pull these really, these marquee players. I remember Hank Aaron is another one. And I didn't get any of those. I never did. I never yeah. did. Yeah. But I do remember that I do remember the excitement of those specific sets. Yeah. Uh, there, the the first couple years of Upper Deck, I think, were nice. I quite liked yeah. some of those, even though they didn't evoke history so much. They they had a nice design. Even I don't know people's opinion on the was it the reintroduction of the Bowman set in the, was it the late eighties with the yeah, well, yeah. it was eighty nine because the cards were bigger. And that drove me insane. Yeah, they didn't fit into the the plastic sheets. <laughs> shoot, shoot! But I thought even I thought even that was was nice. Uh, but I but design sticks with you, and I, that's my point was that uh, the the classic baseball, all the 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 just the programs, the 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 can't the do we call all oh, the we call them the schedule. Yep. Yeah. No folded things, and I know that some of them still have them. We go to the gas station that was also by Neil's Market, and we'd get a stack of the Giants calendars. Even those had an aesthetic to them that I like. And if you notice, in the '60s, '70s, illustration was 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 a big part of it. So uh, I believe that had some influence on me, thinking, you know, I wonder if I could do that. That's so cool. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's. I think we have some similar similar experiences. Yeah, exactly. I think so too. I think it was yeah, it, it was just someone that needed to shine that light on there and go, yeah, okay, that that's actually really cool. So, all right, so we've got about fifteen minutes left. All right. So we haven't even touched on your art. It's been awesome, but I had a quick question there. I, you're drinking water there, but I wanted yeah. to know because uh, I'm talking too much. That's why. 
It's all good. So where is your uh, uh, your molten mango hothead slurpee and Coke Zero combo? Oh, good for you. That's a deep dive. Yeah. You know, I, that's a all right. So everybody's everybody has a, a bad habit. My habit is staying awake through Coca-Cola. <laughs> I guess. Uh, and I, I happen to let me tell you something. It's it's Bafo. It's really good. Uh, and, and people look at me. Eh. So that that that's a slurpy not slurpy brand but one of the whatever right they, right. they do the icy soda mix whatever that's called yeah, yeah and and it just happened that there's this hot it, it it's a peppery uh thing in the in the same way that peppermint is peppery but it doesn't taste like peppermint but it has that you know that bite and so i was i was getting one of my daily habits 44 ounces and i went well, you know i think a little pepper might be an interesting try so I, I I dropped some of that in there and I went oh well where has this been all my life <laughs> honestly somebody somebody should come up with flavoring that has that peppery essence whatever it is and add it to coke if they do it thank me later it's right okay I got my big bottle here this is what gets me through all these interviews all right all right good for you <laughs> so yeah I can see that and then and actually that's one of the things I miss about back home is summer times and slurpees like I actually they don't do them out here so it's just like that's like the first thing I get is oh, like the God. largest slurpee I can get but you guys have that that awesome that, that frozen custard whatever that's that's to me that's really good yeah, they have that, but you know, it's one of those. That's probably one of the few things I, I miss from back home is, is Slurpees. And the same thing when I go back home, because I'm usually out hanging out there when we drink. Um, my hangover cure is bacon rolls, and I, I use no one does bacon rolls. <laughs> you know, maybe maybe one of these days I'll I'll slide a Slurpee on down your way with one of the hothead things, just so you can try it. It's Better good, man. We'll go to an Owls game and we'll have one there. I'll, I've got a, I've got my favorite seats and they're all mine. Four seats every game. <laughs> awesome. All right, let's talk about your art. Let's see. How did you get started? Um, because I said, it looks like you've been doing it for a little bit. Sure. Well, um, I started in, I, I like dinking around. Seems like Cub Scouts, uh, Boy Scouts. They did art projects it's a little bit in school. When it was a rainy day in Northern California, my mom would, would try to direct our boyish energy into something. And oftentimes she would set up various crafty projects, artsy little things. And they kind of, I, I kind of went, huh, you know, that it's sort of like golf. If you can get, you know, if you can get one good shot in a golf game, you'll come back mm -hmm. and you'll do it again. If you don't get any good shots, I think you hang it up. So that's what happened is that, I had a couple of decent experiences and I kind of logged it in my head uh, that I liked it uh, to make the story shorter. I, I was in high school, 10th grade, never had an art class. And the, the, the story goes that one of our projects was like a watercolor. We were all working on watercolor and I picked a boat in a bay, you know, not, not unlike what you must experience in Scotland, just a really nice, you know, hilly. And then it's the water stuff. And I, I did a really awful job, just really crummy. And it was really frustrating. And my, my teacher took notice of that. And he walked me through how I felt about it. I said, well, maybe I'm not artistic. You know, maybe, maybe that was something I did as a kid. And he said, I have some ideas if you're willing to, to take those ideas. I said, absolutely. So he said, let's start by scrubbing this off. 
So I didn't know you could do that. So I put it underwater, this watercolor scrubbed it off. Now it had a kind of nice little light greenish blue uh, hue to it, but nothing else. And then I re redid it and he gave me a couple of pointers and it turned out all right, but they made me art student of the week, which is no big deal, Chico High School, <clears throat> art student of the week. They put the artwork up on the, on the wall for a week and I went, well, it's not, there are really wonderful artists in this class. Why are they doing that with me? And they wanted to drive home the point that I listened. I listened to their suggestions. And um, I went, okay, you know, so I really focused on it. I tried hard and I kind of started figuring out that watercolor wasn't my thing, but acrylics was. And I'm using acrylics to this day. Um, it's very forgiving and it, it's malleable and it wants to be, it, it wants to either be an oil painting that's sublime or abused with power tools and it's gritty and it rips and it, it has this texture and character and, uh, so I've, I've branched out over the years. Uh, I, I got my marketing degree. I stayed in the area, worked doing software mostly for 30 years. And, and around 2000, I went, I, I can do that fine. I, I can do that. That'll make me money. I really think I want to try to paint. I really want to see if there's something there. Mm -hmm. So I just started doing stuff and, and making mistakes. And, but I was like, well, you know, maybe I haven't missed much in the last 25 years or so. Maybe I'm able to pick this up. Uh, I had, a, I joined an arts guild, artist guild. And I did a, a little painting this big of a, of a building. We used to have a, a steel mill, mill that was taking up the, the Eastern side, uh, the Eastern shore of Utah Lake, which is close to where I live. A big old, uh, Steel mill, uh, World War II vintage. It was, it was obviously rusty, but it was falling apart, and it was, it was an eyesore and all that stuff. But I did. I, there was a, a building that caught my attention, and I, I took a picture of that. I painted it. I put it in the art show with this artist guild, and I put a hundred dollar, I think, price tag on it, and it sold that night. Uh, and the way it sold is, there's a woman that came up to me. Uh, I don't know. I was just standing there and she says, are you the one that painted this? I said, yeah, that's me. And she started bawling. I'm like, wow, what, what's going on? And she's, she said, that's my dad. My dad's whole life is that building in that place. 35 years he did. Da, da, da. And I went, oh, I get it. Art is art. Art can be created, but it no longer belongs to me. Mm -hmm. And now it's the perception of somebody that appreciates it and are willing to pay money for that. Uh, I, I really learned a lot and I, I, I also learned, so yeah, I pursued it, but I also learned, wow, when I'm painting baseball or, or uh, some uh, family, uh, a special retreat that they have in the mountains or something, I, my job is to be, to walk really softly in that world and to be very sensitive, very careful. Uh, and I've, I've tried to make that a, as much a part of my work as any other thing I do. So I, I know a lot of artists are willing to, to uh, uh, go where angels fear to tread. And uh, I, I kind of think in my mind, well, maybe there's too many artists and they all want to be unique because they're willing to paint just really awful things, really awful things. And I'm going, why would you, why would you waste your, your career if you have talent on that? Well, right. it, it, are you, 
are you getting the buzz from notoriety that you've done something nobody else is willing to try? Is that your thing? Mm -hmm. uh, whatever, let them that let them do that. I'm never going to do things where I feel like I'm treading out of uh, in, into someone else's world that's disrespectful. Mm -hmm. Disrespectful. Um, I will always try to do things that are new. I want to, I want to grow and I want to do some really cool things. I will never be without something to paint. I have years of ideas and I, 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 I feel like my career is simply the, the ability to translate someone else's world or even my world, but in a way that, that they can put their arms around it and have a, an experience with something that's really important to them, something that's meaningful to them, they've got it. It's this tangible thing. And uh, that's, that's gives me the juice to do it. Nice. That's, that, that's an awesome answer. So that was really cool to hear that. Cool. We, we've got about five minutes here. So I'm gonna let you put plug your website and your social media. Uh, okay. And, uh, I know me and John are already talking about doing this after everything's done because we're loving chatting with everybody. I think we could chat for a good couple hours here and, uh, uh, we'll, we'll definitely make sure we figure it all out there. But let's open up some baseball cards after you plug your social media. All right, yeah, I appreciate that. I put my my uh, young Josh Gibson painting that I'm I'm donating to this cause uh, up on my 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 website and social. The website is AnstedSports.com, A-N-S-T-E-A-D Sports.com, and then my social it's Instagram. I think it's Stuart Anstead or An it's Anstead Arts. I think Arts. on Instagram and. Twitter at Stuart Anstead. I need to, I need to shore those up, make them the same. Anyway, but you can Google me and, and hopefully you'll find me somewhere and it, it'll point, point people to the, the right place anymore. <clears throat> cool. So we, we chatted before about baseball cards. So I've got a pack of 87 tops. Yes. <laughs> so I know <laughs> we're not going to bother the rest of them there, but I knew you enjoyed the 87 tops. So uh, Blake pulled the Bo Jackson. Yeah. Um, Let's I think the Mark, the McGuire card's nice. Canseco card is nice. Like I said, Corey Snyder's nice. Uh, uh, let's see. Jumbotron Art pulled the McGuire. So we'll see if we good. All right. We're off to a really good start here. The Doc, Dwight Gooden. <laughs> That's all right. All right. So, and then we've got Sammy Khalifa. I don't know. I can't Khalifa. Khalifa. Yeah. All right. You're doing a better job than I am. So well, I, I remember I memorized that whole <laughs> do, you, do you remember that his hobbies were aerobics and racquetball? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Well, my hobby evidently was doing laundry because I remember these names all too well. <laughs> Phil Gardner. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So he's a solid manager, yeah. long career. Oh, I, I recognize this guy. This guy's the mariner. Bill Kruger. Boy, I don't remember that card. How funny. Nope. I don't remember it either. I looked at that and I was like, I really don't remember him. But huh. Huh. Um, this is like his fourth year, but I didn't actually realize he's a Northwest guy or he went to Portland, Oregon huh. University. But all right. But yeah, a nice, a nice design. Don't you agree that 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 border is a nice border? So I've got a buddy, Ethan, who's big into set collecting. And he says basically everything from the 80s onward is a variation of something that was done in the 50s and 60s there. And I went back and looked and went, yeah, I see that now. I didn't, I wouldn't have known that. For me, it was like, it was just a cool border. Yeah, I think uh, 1972's 
Tops, uh, Spire, and Axe. I was a big Chris Spire fan. He was wow. a Giants shortstop. Yeah, people, ask me, people ask me who my hero was on the Giants, and I always said Chris Spire, and they'd go, not Mays, not McCovey. On and on. <laughs> I, no, because my, I modeled my game after Spire. Yeah, of course. It wasn't have that. We have that out here where you get people who go, a lot of Yankees fans, they're huge Brett Gardner fans. I'm like, you can you can pick anybody. I'm like, I just like the guy. He's he's all hustle. And I was like, all right, you know, I get yeah. that. You're gonna have the weird and the wonderful guys, or uh, a lot of Blue Jays fans, and they have uh, uh, just these random guys they pick from their, their favorite players. I'm Absolutely, like, Absolutely. Yeah. So I totally get that. I mean, I the Mariners sucked for so long that I was McGuire fan. So. <laughs> uh, all right, Raphael Santana with the Mets. Oh yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I didn't he played one year with the Cardinals there. Yeah. RJ Reynolds with the Pirates. Yeah, I have I remember that remember that one. That's a, and he's he's smiling big. That's cute. And that hat, how about that hat, right? I, but, I, I need to get that hat. So I'm a hat collector. At least I haven't bought any hats in a while, but I got about a hundred hats. So I'm trying to go back and get all the old ones there. That's right. Uh it, it's hard because exchange rates rubbish and uh Shoot. and Shoot by the time you ship stuff over it's just not worth it so uh, ebay is my best friend all right oh gosh we cards stuck together here but we'll pull them apart if we can jimmy key with the blue jays okay not a bad card i don't remember this guy and he's got the gum stuck to him chris welsh don't remember it no not at all uh -uh. but you got the gum stuck there it's not coming off it's solid <laughs> in there <laughs> Mark Salas with the Twins. Okay, I remember the name. I don't remember that card, but I remember the name. Catcher. So uh, I was just, it was the starter in '85, but '86 he was must get hurt or something like that. So, huh. Key, Mark's brother Bobby once pitched in the minors. <laughs> that's just, see, that's what I love about cards. I miss the whole stuff in the back and reading those yeah, all there. Yeah, I agree. All right, we've got a future star here. You want to guess who it might be? BJ Serha. Oh my gosh, you got it. That's who it is. No way. <laughs> no way. Do that's I win awesome. something? <laughs> oh man, that's a great guess. That's, I'm so glad. Uh, when we were talking to Ramon uh, Miha, uh, his favorite player was Greg Jeffries. We pulled the Greg Jeffries card for him, so that was awesome. That was the, that was my next go-to. Right, because it wasn't going to be. Was it Bo Jackson? Was one of them? Bo I, Jackson was one of them. Yeah, I'm trying to remember I knew who, it wasn't going to be. Yeah, but I remember the BJ Suroff. I keep getting that going. Where's my Bo Jackson? Craig Reynolds for the Astros. Okay. All right. Oh, we've got a all-star yeah. rookie card. Let's see if you. That's a tough one because that has like Conseco. Is it was a player? Yeah, what, what does it say? What what position? It's a pitcher. Oh. Yeah, it's a tough one. I I would have struggled to get this one as well. Was he uh was he a um National League 84 Olympic team member? Oh gosh. Uh I yeah. uh, go ahead show go ahead and show me. I won't get it. All right. Todd but, Morrell. Todd Morrell, okay. Yeah, yeah he, came, he came through the the Giants, as I remember it, at some point after uh Saint Yeah. Rose. Yeah. All right, Rod Kittle. No, I, you know what at the time i did i really didn't like the yankees and and uh reggie jackson went from the ace to the yankees and i hated that because mm -hmm. they were winning and then he went to the yankees and went, well of course why, yeah. why wouldn't 
So yes. I, for a while there, I didn't like any Yankees. So. <laughs> so it's funny. We talked about old cards that we pulled a Roberto Clemente. Oh, look at that. Yeah. I forgot about those. That's right. Yeah. So were you collecting these years? Cause this is 72. I'll be darned. Yeah, I'm those the, now look that design of course is pretty 70s, right? It's yeah, absolutely. 70s. It says disco all over it. That's what you pre disco. Yeah, I love that. Like I said if I could afford to buy packs of these, I'd afford to buy packs of these. But it's long out of my budget. Is that right? How much do they go for us? I don't know. So Tad was asking me about what was it 78 tops? It's that with the George Brett and the uh, Robin Yant rookies. And he's like, if you can get a box, we'll open a box of those up. So I looked and it was, uh, it was three grand. <laughs> I was like, yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, so that, that's out of my budget. <laughs> there's a lot of boomers like me that want to reclaim their childhood and, and there's minimal uh, uh, product available, right? So that's, yep. of course. Yeah, that's it. So I, I think maybe I, I, I would, if I did something like that, I'd buy the set and just piece it up that way. I'm not going to try to try my luck and try to pull perfect rookies. It's not going to happen. Shoot. All right. We've got a Royals team card. Is that, I can't tell. Is that George Brett? Like on the I right? think so. And Frank White, it's tough to tell. So we got two more. We've got Dave Concepcion. Ooh, I don't remember that picture either. It's a good one. It, yeah, it's a good one. I do like that. I, there. I respected the Reds. I I, I kind of liked them, but they weren't the Giants. <laughs> and we, your final club, we got Rod Scurry. Well, I don't remember him either. So I got the BJ Surhoff. What do you want, man? <laughs> <laughs> and the Gooden. He started off with the Gooden. So yeah, sure. Cool. Like that. Daryl Strawberry has one of my paintings, and and it was fun to talk about talk about. Um, good in and also uh, um, Dykstra would have been around there Keith Hernandez uh, Ron Darling yeah. um, the, the, oh man Mitchell. He, he I think he was a red and um, he played he was a, he was a five tool guy and he grew up with him and he he and straw held the bat uh, both the same way it, it'll, it'll come to me when the show is over anyway Chris but they say chris brown no eric davis eric davis yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. If you watch this if you watch them in the batter's box the bat's way low mm. way low and i said to straw I just we had a nice little private conversation for a bit i said i, I know you had an awesome swing didn't that didn't you start here as a, at a disadvantage because you had to bring it up and he looked at me and he was actually a little bit peeved at me <laughs> he goes Dude, it was it was how I did it, and it worked. Don't you think? I said, yeah, it worked. It worked great. I just it felt like, but you know, it's funny that that you those so those two grew up together. They did it exactly the same way, and I didn't. I never put that together because I didn't know they were bodies. So, so I, yeah. there's a great book on Daryl Strawberry's high school team because apparently it was the best high school team ever, and it, it chronicles his senior year. So they were saying Chris Brown, who played for the Giants and the Padres back in the mid '80s. Um, he was the better player than Daryl. Daryl had the more, ta more talent in there. And they talk about all those players there. And uh, I don't know if Eric was went to another school, but they grew up together. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Uh -oh. Yeah. And uh, um, yeah. Yeah. This anyway. So I, I, my, my brothers and I would practice the little very distinctive batting styles. You know, it was, it was the, 
Willie Stargell did this. And, you know, some of these other guys did all these different crazy things. So those funny things, they stick with you, don't they? Here yeah. we are 50 years down the road. And it's, those Still things are important somehow. Stuart, it's been awesome. We'll definitely have to catch up offline here. Thanks so much for coming on. Yeah, a privilege to be on your show. Tell John that I'd, I'd love to pepper him with questions if we can pull that off. That'd yeah, we'll organize something so you guys can all ask us the questions and we'll have a beer together. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate it very much being on and being associated with you guys for this cause. Oh, thank you so much, man. It's been a pleasure. You bet. Cool. Thank right. you. Have a good one. All right. You too. Bye now.